Hey everybody, welcome to the Vet Tech Tap Room. This is our spin-off series from the Vet Tech Cafe. These episodes are live and uncut, discussing hot topics in our field, or talking about previous episodes amongst ourselves, and always highlight something positive happening in our profession. These episodes will be published as regular podcast episodes and will also be available on our YouTube channel as well. So get yourself a beer or a potato water and find us live on Instagram and join the discussion. Now if you'll excuse us, those are our beers the bartender is pouring. Hello everybody, welcome to uh, another episode of the Vet Tech Tap Room. Um, Dave and I just finished recording a Vet Tech Cafe episode, so just traded in my Vet Tech Cafe coffee mug for my Vet Tech Tap Room <laughs> beer mug um, and filled it with a, um, a local West Coast IPA I have down in my kegerator. Um, and it's, I mean, it's lunchtime anyway, so so it's all good. Sure. Um, no, no, no judgments here. No, no, none, none, none whatsoever. I mean... We are a, a cafe and tap room, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah, um, it's so good. yeah. So, uh, what's going on, Dave? Uh, well, we wanted to talk about this um, article that came out. Looks like on October twenty first. I forget who shared it. I saw um, it from Liz's page. <clears throat> Liz's page. Okay, I was thinking yeah. it was either Liz or from Tasha um, about uh, Washington State that is uh, starting a veterinary technician apprenticeship program. Yeah. Which will bypass the AVMA accreditation right. requirement to become a veterinary technician. Right. Um, I have so many thoughts. So yeah. many thoughts. For um, for sure. And, and I, I would want to say first off. Um, you know, kudos to, to Lisa Wogan from Vin News and her reporting. Um, we've talked about a yeah. few articles of hers previously on, I think, on both Cafe and Taproom podcasts yeah. previously. She does a really, really, really great job um, with all of the reporting, and this was another excellent piece. Um, we'll definitely share the the link if you haven't seen it already. Um, it's It's been shared several times over. But basically, um, I think what's gone on is, is there's a, um, you know, a, a – I guess, group of hospitals in Washington state, you could say, I think it's three clinics, the Cascade Veterinary Clinics um, yeah. that have, have started basically an on-the-job apprenticeship program and said, hey, we, we have a need. Um, tech school, we, we can't do, or it's too expensive, or it's this, that, or the other, and, and basically lobbied the state to approve their own apprenticeship program and what have you. And and. It probably, I guess, really outside of this clinic, I haven't really seen any support uh, amongst right. the veterinary community, um, you know, between NAFTA, um, the Washington State Veterinary Technician Association, <coughs> excuse me, other vet tech associations, um, so on and so forth. But somehow it passed. And, yeah, I, and, I just, I don't know how. <laughs> right, right. <coughs> As, excuse me. As someone that is that is fighting for reciprocity in my own state, um, where this is just kind of bypassing all of that stuff, like I just don't understand how this is allowed and what the thought process is. Because I mean, yes, there is a veterinary technician shortage. However, you know, we're we're creating a loophole to allow people right. that probably are not going to be the same qualifications as veterinary technicians and i i am torn by this because you know you and i are both not traditionally we didn't go to avma schools 
Um, and I'm torn by this in, in saying that, yes, I have my CVT and, you know, I kind of went through a quote unquote loophole where I was able to sit for the VTNE because I had enough hours, I had enough experience. Um, and obviously because I passed, I had, I had enough knowledge, uh, you know, and I, I struggle with this a lot in thinking that, yes, I have these opinions that everyone should, should have gone to an AVMA school and to achieve their licensure. Yet I, I don't feel like it, it almost looks hypocritical when I'm like, well, you shouldn't be allowed to do this, but I was allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of fight with that yeah. internally. I, I understand where you're coming from. And, and, you know, like you were saying, you know, I was an alternate route grad in California in 2009. Um, and at the time there was one AVMA accredited school. Um, and that was 50 miles from me. Um, now I, I know there were online options. I didn't know about those at the time. I did not work for an employer that knew all of those things or, or what have you. So True. I, I didn't really, and to be, to be fair, I didn't understand the difference between alternate route and AVMA accreditation at the time or the, the doors right. that were going to be closed to me, which at the time, one of those doors that was closed was taking the VTNE. I had to petition the AAVSB to even be able to take it. Um, I didn't know all that going in. And so, I mean, you know, we can beat ourselves up about that now, but hindsight's always twenty twenty. I think the bigger thing for me is that at some point we have to create a standard. And yeah. I think what really, really, really irks me is that they would never do this for veterinarians. Oh, God, no. To clear the veterinarian shortage, which we right. also know a, exists, and yet yeah. veterinarians are doing it for veterinary assistants to become veterinary technicians, yet yeah. they would never allow or, or be able to do the same thing in their own profession. And I think that's what irks me the most. And at some point, we just have to set a standard that, you know, I hope I'm alive um, the day that every credentialed technician in the United States is a graduate of an AVMA accredited program. Yeah. Frankly, things like this, the you know, set us back. And I, I, I don't know that I'm going to be anymore. Um, yeah. But when we talk about, you know, some of the other things, title protection and utilization and all of these other things, I think in large part, that's where that has to start is some kind of education and credentialing standard. And this bypasses that and casts it aside and makes it seem I mean, like I, it doesn't I would, matter. I, I think I, I, I don't know the whole details of everything that they're trying to do. And I probably would have less of an issue with it if they were going to call them something different than an RVT or yeah. LV, I don't, I don't yeah. know what the designation is in Washington, but if it's LVT, if they had some other, is it LVT? So if they had some other type of designation that signified that, yes, they are. Well, I, I, I would argue that they weren't even called technicians. Right. Um, right. If, it, if, were if called it was something, a, you know, a veterinary assistant program or something, but yeah. you know, at the same time, and I'm, like, Anyways, I'm all for education. I'm all for, for bettering your career and bettering yourself as a technician or veterinary professional. I'm all for that. But to, to try and like 
bypass all the stuff that has been set in place to to kind of make these standards to yeah. to standardize who is actually doing the the work of of a veterinary technician i i think this is just I, I I applaud them for trying to fix the situation. However, yeah. I, I don't agree it, with the way that they're doing it. As misguided as it may be, yeah. And yeah. And again, this day and age, there are online options. There are remote. Yeah. You know, Penn Foster is a go at your own pace program yeah. that is very reasonably priced. And again, you know, thinking about how much these clinics have invested already in this process financially and from a time standpoint, why not just invest in your people and send them yeah. through send, yeah, send, them send, send them through an ABMA accredited program? For me, why? Because this is going to be free for them. Yeah. And they're right. going to be making money while those people are there working on their patients. So they're not going to have to pay money to send their people to school. Right. Um, it, I just and and again, I it's there's there's been I think some debate, and I've heard a few different people say it, and it's really starting to ring true to me now, especially with this kind of thing. How much of a hand veterinarians have in our career that that we yeah. don't get a say, and right here we are as a profession pushing for standardization, pushing for better. And in this particular case, it's the veterinarians that are bringing us back because that's essentially what this is. And yeah, damn it, lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. I, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. th this is not leading. This is making something that's convenient for your practice, but not really actually helping the profession or your patients. No, no. And, and, it's another thing because I mean the people that are going to be doing this are like who's going to be doing this this training? Who's doing this? Is is it is it veterinarians that as, as we can see from this article are not are not versed in exactly what we do? Or are there going to be VTSs that are doing this? Are there are there going to be other technicians that are doing this? And I I would love to hear from veterinary technicians that have gone the prop through the proper channels to become licensed yeah. in Washington. What do they feel about this? Yeah. Cause I would imagine I, I would see this as a slap in the face if I was an LVT in Washington. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you know, I, I, the thing is, is now, now a precedent has been set. Like, yeah, my concern, what's going to stop blue Pearl from doing this for their own people. What's going to stop mm -hmm. Thrive Pet Care from doing for this for their own people? Like, yeah. I feel like at some point, somebody else is going to have to close those doors. Some, now, for, from, from where I sit, somebody has to fix this mess. Somebody has to make yeah. it so that, okay, fine, Washington passed this. The other 49 states, if you got your license via this method, that license is not portable. Outside of Washington, yeah. that license is, is nothing. Um, uh, uh, the BTS academies, um, unless you are a graduate of an ABMA accredited program, and I understand what that means for somebody like you and for mm -hmm. somebody like me, um, yeah. it, somehow, like somewhere else in the chain, we have to somewhere else we have to break the chain because now there's been another link added in that. 
yeah. I don't feel like should have access to everything else that everybody else does. Yeah. Well, and, and just the whole education part of it, like I, I know what I was given as quote unquote education when I was on the job trained, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, and, and sometimes I think back, like, like, like you said, we didn't know any better back then. I think when I took my VTNE in 2009, I don't know that I'd ever even heard of Penn Foster. Right. Um, and I would think back then that was the only online school in, in the game. Maybe, and, yeah, and maybe St. Petersburg. I don't, I think they were around too, yeah, but yeah, maybe but like, yeah, not a ton. And, and, and for me, the nearest school was in Massachusetts. So, right. you know, hour, hour and a half away um, that, you know, on a, a quote unquote veterinary assistant salary, there's no way that I could afford to not go to school not not work and go to school like that wasn't that just wasn't an option for right. me which is why i didn't pursue it um and you know for the longest time i was like i just i'm just not going to be certified and yeah. then somebody in my practice said oh if you apply to delaware you can go to delaware take the exam and then you have reciprocity in new hampshire to, to transfer your lvt in delaware up to new hampshire and that's what I did. And for, you know, as, as backwards as it seems, I laugh about it, but it's kind of a joke of, I was licensed in Delaware for two years yeah. and I had spent exactly 24 hours in Delaware. Right. Like, yeah. You know, uh, the clinic I worked at, the emergency clinic here, um, where, where actually Molly practices now, um, I helped a number of people get certified there through what, what was then the Alaska, what we called the Alaska loophole. Um, whereas yeah, if yeah. you applied to be, you know, you didn't have to take an exam. Um, you could just apply to be a veterinary technician in the state of Alaska. And as oh, long as somebody okay. signed off on it, you could become an LVT in the state of Alaska. And California allows for reciprocity. So if you're licensed right. in any other state, your license transferred here. And so right. I, I had a handful, I think five or six, um, really solid veterinary I'm going to use veterinary assistants because that's what they were at the time, but you know, had been in the field for 20 ish years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that we're never going to go to school to become RVTs. Um, And so before they closed that loophole, a bunch of people went and did that, then got reciprocity and now they're RVTs in California, but never had formal education. Right. Um, Never took the the VTNE or anything like that. And thankfully that, that loophole is closed now, but, um, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. but at the same mm-hmm. time, like we, we don't, we, sh- we should not be creating those opportunities at this point right. in time. Um, it was poor that those opportunities existed as long as they did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Many of us took advantage of them. Um, but at some point, again, we have to think like, okay, this is now our baseline. This is our standard. And yeah. moving forward, this is what we're going to do. And man, again, it just irks me to no end the, frankly, the control that veterinarians have over our profession. Um, yeah. And it, and kind of still just use this at their disposal and, and create rules as they see fit it, to, to do whatever the, the benefits mm-hmm. their hospitals. And, and I, I, again, well, and, I, I just think, you know, with online options that are available, this is completely unnecessary. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, I I think a lot about um, you know, the 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 fixing of the problems, and is this really fixing the problem, right. or is it just a matter of making it? Your network of yeah, yeah, and exactly. It it's it's just not. Yeah, it, it's not elevating the profession right, at all. Right, and the, the the episode we just recorded um, before we came on came into the tap room, um, you know, I won't say who it was coming attractions, but she was talking about her when when she, her career and when she first started in the profession. Um, she had no formal education; she really had no formal training, and she was doing these things that she realized then. I should not be doing these things. And, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, when you, when you're on the job trained, you're on the job trained in that job. Right. Who is overseeing that job as training their people of like standard of care? Like they're mm -hmm. being trained in their facility, but is their facility like? Does their facility even use recover? Does their facility like? Right. Are they actually using evidence-based medicine? Are they like? Are they actually doing things the way they should be done? And and because there's there's truly no oversight of that in veterinary medicine. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Um. And, and so like they're they're just free to train their people based on their methods, not based on anything beyond that. And well, yeah, that's the thing. There, there's no oversight. Like, I don't know if these are AHA certified no. and, practices or what, but there's no oversight to say that they're teaching them the right things to do. Yeah. And the other thing that I want to say is that for those assistants that become veterinary technicians through this method, like, they're, they're the ones that I think are, but like, they're the ones that are going to be most affected by this decision. Um, the, the What doors are open to them in their future, what paths they can actually take in their career, yeah. all of those things. And, and they're, they're essentially the pawns on the chessboard in this whole yeah. thing. And I don't want to discount their experience. Like if this is truly the only way that they can get credentialed, then, then by all means, like do it. But, are, are you actually aware of the options that are available to you? Um, and frankly, I, I'd like to hear from somebody that, that does this and like, not, not right now, maybe while they're going through it, but maybe a few years down the road and like, was it worth it? Did you get out of it? What you thought you were going to get out of it? How did it go? Um, because I don't know. There's just a lot about it that rubs me the wrong way. And I feel like those are the people that could have the, like, they're, they're, they're the ones that are going to benefit from being credentialed, but they're also going to be the ones that suffer the consequences. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. And, and getting them through all this and going through all that and then, and then what, and right. then all that stuff, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, I hate to bring up the mid-level practitioner thing again, but it it's like, Training them for a job that does not exist yet. Right. So, or, or what happens if somewhere during this training, ownership sells a hospital? Yeah, you know, yeah. It, or, or Thrive Pet Care buys it, or Blue Pearl buys it, or whatever. Some, you know, some like. I mean, again, it's those people that are going to be 
shut out. They are then going to have no option. Like, right. Again, that's probably a doomsday scenario that that's like unlikely to happen, but it just, we, we should not be talking about the creation of these pathways in 2022 headed into 2023. These right. are pathways that we should be closing the door on that right. were created not, not 20 years allowing ago. Allowing open. Right. And uh, it just, yeah, I, I it's, frust- it's frustrating. It, it's frustrating it's really to think that we're, we're working towards something. And then there's these people that are saying, well, let's, let's maybe not do that. And let's, let's just allow everyone in right. um, where it just, I mean, right. It, and, and, it, and, and, you know, again, from the perspective of of ownership of those hospitals, what greater recruiting tool do you have a retention tool? Do you have to be able to say, Hey, come work for our network of hospitals. We can on the job train you to become an LBT where nobody right. else can offer you that. Like, I mean, from that kind of standpoint is genius, but it, it's, it's so demoralizing to the veterinary technician profession yeah. that that you can just do that. And, well, and it's also just, it's, it's just kind of like a, um, a thing where these doctors are probably like, well, we need LVTs and we don't have time to wait for them to go through school. So we're just going to make it so that we can legally call you LVTs. Right. And we also don't want to pay for them to go through school. Right. Um, so, you know, well, it a, also looks like it also looks like they're going to be able to take the VTNE, which I, I mean, some of this has to fall on the AAVSB of, of saying, why are you letting these people do this? Right. Well, uh, because it, and, it and falls, why are they it, not closing? The right. Vehicle? Well, so because it falls back to the what is written in Washington state as far as, oh, I you see. know, what I see. you can what you need to be credentialed in the yeah. state of Washington um, or, or be VTNE eligible and. Again, it's just it's it's taking advantage of the language of the law, basically creating a new loophole. Right. But, uh, you know, again, I think that that's my larger concern is is somebody, somebody, all of these veterinary corporations are business and numbers driven market mm-hmm. analysts, the whole bit. And somebody else is going to say, hey, why can't we do this? And in yeah, yeah. some states, they're not going to be able to. But, well, we're supposed but, to be closing loopholes, not opening them. But, um, hey, um, so, you know, maybe I work for VCA in one state where I can't do this. But, hey, if you come work in this state for X amount of time, we'll on-the-job train you. You can become licensed in this state. And then you can go back to your state and apply for reciprocity. You know, you know like, it, it just... Uh, maybe I'm putting out ideas that nobody else has thought of and is now going to take advantage of because we've suggested them, but it, it just, <laughs> it, it's it, again, like, like you just said, we should be closing these loopholes and these alternate pathways and not opening them in, in yeah. this day and age. And it's just, it's just so demoralizing and frustrating. And, and, you know, like, like you said too earlier, um, you know, the, how the other technicians in the state of Washington feel like uh, that's, that's gotta be so frustrating to have gone through proper channels, have gone yeah. through all of the things, probably even to other technicians in that network of hospitals that have gone through the proper channels. Well, um, and then you're just going to be creating the, the, and you're going to be training uh, these people. Yeah. And you're going to be creating, um, 
I don't want to say bullying, but you're going to be creating that that divide between yep. LVTs and these yeah. whatever they're going to call these people. Right. Um. It, it it's just going to make for more dissension in the ranks. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I I think so too. I realize they're trying to elevate and and yeah. get people licensed, but it it's creating. Right. I think it's creating a bigger problem. Right. I, you know. I I think that again, it's they're they're trying to solve a problem. It's just a very misguided. Um, and, and it's a very misguided proposition and it's something that's truly only beneficial to them. I don't, yeah. I, I, I think if you, if you look at these people that go through this program, you know, five years, 10 years, whatever, after being credentialed, um, it, I don't know that they're going to feel as though it was very beneficial. Right. Well, cause they're probably going to come across situations where like, Oh, nobody taught me that. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to respond to this or. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, eventually they're going to find out that, oh, maybe they weren't telling me everything I, I needed to know. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite possibly. <sighs> so, it, yeah, it, it's a uh, it's very frustrating, I think, for for a lot of people. Uh, but I also think like as frustrating as it is, I truly think as a profession, we kind of need to keep our eye out because now a precedent has been set. Um, yeah. and, and I truly believe somebody else somewhere else is going to try this in their own state. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, why wouldn't they? Um, right. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, because again, it's a way to keep people on staff. It's a way to retain staff. It's a way to recruit staff to your hospital. And it's a way and, to, and it's a way to advertise that you have LVTs on your staff. Exactly. So uh, this, I truly, truly fear we have not heard like, this is the first, and and we have not heard the la- the last of of this kind of of measure, and yeah. I, I think that's what frustrates me the most. So, well, um, I think just talking about it, hopefully, this will like I hope so. You know, sharing it and and I hope so, and putting that out there. I'm hoping that the tech associations around that state are going to say, "Hey, let's what was, can we do to stop this I from was happening?" Just going to say, um, any of you that are in your state veterinary technician association whether you're board of members or board of directors members, um, if you're members to your state of tech association, if you're not, please do. But if you are in your governance of your state vet tech association, closely examine your veterinary practice act and start preparing for this because this is not the end and start nope. formulating ways to close a loophole that probably exists in your state practice act. Um, because again, I, I, lots of people were watching this and I guarantee there will be more. Yep. Yeah. Which is hundred percent really frustrating. So anyway, um, uh, what else? So let, let, let's, let's, uh, let's, <laughs> let's pivot away from that and talk about something good. Uh, you were, you good. were at uh, NCVC this past weekend. Yes, I was at NCVC. I didn't attend any lectures. Uh, I was just there for my company, like advertising <laughs> what we do, uh, the Action Vet Tech Services, where we send technicians to um, practices to help out with uh, understaffing or, you know, short-term medical leave. Um, we also do CE and training, which my passion. That's that's what I want to do. Yep, I was just in Austin doing all that. Um, I'm actually going to another practice 
next week to do uh, work with work alongside them for a week and kind of evaluate efficiency and evaluate how they're practicing medicine and and seeing how I can help them improve with with things like that. Um, I love I love doing that kind of stuff because it. Yeah, I, I was talking about somebody with this this past weekend is, is that, you know, working on the floor and, you know, as an ER tech, when I was first a young baby ER tech, you know, seeing all the cool stuff that, that came through the door that got me really jazzed. And now 25, almost 26 years in the profession, I, not that I've seen everything, but there's not a lot that comes through the door where I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Let's let's investigate this and let's let's think about this. And I'm going to go home and look up stuff. It, it It's all stuff I've seen before. Um, it, it, I won't say nothing comes through the door that I haven't seen, but the, it's few and far between now. Um, and, you know, I was talking with somebody else about just as we're older, like getting on the floor with with dogs and you know, restraining and, and, and doing things is just not fun anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, we, t- I talked to Karen. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like one of those, those times where you're like, if I get down on the floor one time, good chance I'm not getting back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked to Karen Roach uh, at IVEX this year and, and she suggested a, a podcast episode and it, it's something I definitely want to explore about what do we do when we get old? Like, yeah. what do we do when we physically can't do the work anymore? Yeah. You know, um, which go ahead. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. I was, I was going to say, which, which is, it's where I'm at right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, um, and, and honestly, you know, it, 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 I think it's a big part of kind of what we do here, right? Is it's like, what else can yeah. we do? Um, yeah. I think hugely going forward, telehealth and telemedicine will be a big yeah. part of that. Teletriage. Um, working from home. I know a lot of my coworkers and colleagues at the Animal Poison Control Center are, are very senior, um, not, a, not an age, that's not what I mean to say, but have been in veterinary medicine 10 years plus, 15 years plus, and we're looking to get out of clinics because they're, they have a chronic condition or they have this or that. And, and right. so the idea of ergonomically friendly, which hospitals are not, and, you know, sitting at home and <laughs> anywhere, <laughs> all of those things, right. That, that, that start to matter when you're 45, that didn't matter when you're 25. Right. Um, and kind of while you were talking there too, I was thinking about like, yes, my job I think is a really great fit for me because I'm super interested in toxicology. And so I'm, I'm learning all of these new things about an area I'm super interested in, but I wonder, you know, yeah, I probably couldn't do ICU or ER anymore, but is there a specialty? you know, that I could do maybe like, like, I also love cardiology, like maybe I could, you know, work in something that's, you know, more appointment oriented, not on call, Mm -hmm. not overnights and weekends and those kinds of things. Like, but I do think somewhere along the way, telehealth, teletriage, telemedicine is, is going to be, I think actually a huge way to retain veterinary technicians in the field that can work from home, probably yeah. have a little bit more of a variable schedule that fits their current life situation, um, less, much less physical demands. Um, I mean, my commute is one flight of stairs. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think that's I think that's really something, and I think that's a really great point by Karen is is that like we. 
the, the, the t- technician that starts out in this field in their early 20s and, and has a job or works in a clinic or what have you that can actually not just work till retirement, but actually is re- contributing to retirement and has like a you know 401k yeah, and all yeah. that, that's, that's still few and far between. But I think a lot of other companies, I think there are opportunities for that and I think especially too, I think some of the younger people that are more internet savvy that can find these kind of jobs, yeah, um, they might leave clinic life sooner, but they might be happier and stay in yeah. veterinary medicine longer. Um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see where that trend goes. And there's still a lot of things to figure out kind of on the legal side, you know, state to state about what's, you know, What's acceptable in terms of you know telehealth? What can we do? What can't we do? But there are already so many services out there that are performing these, and I think the states are struggling to to catch up and regulate them because the cart has been put well before the horse, and and definitely yeah. um, But I think that's one area where a lot of people are going to find hopefully find longevity in this field. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but you were also in Austin doing a lot of training. You've got a lot of people recover certified, which yeah, is seventy six. Cool. I think was the number. Yeah, yeah, that is that is amazing. Uh, do you have any idea since Recover came out, which was how, how long ago now? Two thousand twelve. Two thousand twelve. So ten years. Yeah. How many yeah. people have been CPR certified? I don't do you have, have any, that number. I don't. I don't know. I but be I, very I bet, curious. I bet I can look that up. Yeah, I would be super interested to find out. You know, like year over year over year, how many people are becoming yeah. recover trained, recover certified? Because uh, I'm sure they have statistics oh, somewhere. I, I'm sure <laughs> they do somewhere, and and I, I just think that's super super cool. So, um, yeah, so I think that's pretty awesome. Um, recent yeah. episodes we had. So I think we talked about this in our last tap room. We had our anniversary we had liz houston back on again but yeah um we finally got uh not finally got we finally asked um steven Sattal to come back by (laughs) had a really great discussion with him just again kind of veterinary technician profession at large and um always and we talked actually a lot about tech education and yeah what have you just always really 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 great discussion with him um and we have Becky Mosser on to talk about Gurnick Academy, another online option right. that's out there now. Exactly. Um, yeah. So some, uh, some, some well, you we know. have another guest that's, that we haven't, even, I haven't even done the, the edit for that will be out on next, this mm-hmm. coming Sunday. Right. So yeah. Right? And talking about kind of the, the RVT or, or credential veterinary technician, yeah. um, practice manager dynamic yeah. and, and yeah. looking at that relationship and, and kind of, hospital dynamics and some of those things. So that's going to be a really great episode. And the one we recorded today, which will be um, the episode after that, talking about just some, you know, somebody that's an entrepreneur as a veterinary technician, talking about some really, really cool business avenues. So lots of really cool content coming. Um, And uh, I'm also really excited for the episode that'll be after that, which we haven't even recorded yet. Um, Yeah, I'm excited for that too. Just some really, really cool stuff coming um, as we close out or or start to think about closing out 2022, which is crazy to say. Um, Man. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think I got some ideas about directions to go for our mental health series next May yeah. from today's episode. I think, I think some interesting things came out of that. Yep. So just, just a lot, lots of kind of process. A lot, a lot, lot on the, a lot on. on the horizon. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I don't know. What else? Anything? I think that's it. To talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's about it for me too. So yeah. Um, caffeinators, I, I, we would love to hear your thoughts, yes, your opinions. Um, we're going to share the link to the article as part of this post. Um, we've, I'm sure you've seen it online. Whether you're, if you're a veterinary assistant and vet tech education is a difficult avenue for you for whatever reason, financially, time commitment, whatever else, and you think, hey, damn it, I wish my hospital offered this. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us why. Like, join the conversation. You're we're, you're not going to be wrong. Yeah. You're not going to be judged. Right. Or if you're at those network of hospitals and, and you're looking forward to taking advantage of this and you support it, like, you're not going to be judged. You're not going to be, you know, chastised or anything. Let us know about yeah. it and, and why why it's a good thing. Um, if you're in Washington State or anywhere else in the country and you are steadfastly against this, against this and this irks you to your core, um talk about it, join the conversation, chat about it in the comments. Um, we, we just want to create conversation. Yeah, we really. love to hear the the discussion. And honestly, it's the conversation. It's the, the dialogue that gets things going from which good ideas yeah. come. And hopefully we can just continue to move forward. So um, thanks for uh, tuning into another episode of Vet Tech Tap Room. Dave, cheers to you. Um, I cheers, hope you buddy. enjoy some, uh, some downtime. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a, 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 a adult beverage after this. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, I'm actually headed to a brewery tonight myself to meet a buddy. So Sweet. Nice, um, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So um, all the best to you guys, caffeinators. Um, thank you very much for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys again soon. Bye, everybody.